0: Locked on Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, January 19th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're listening to today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It'll only take a quick couple of seconds. It'll help me out tremendously, and it's all for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Alright, good afternoon everyone and as always, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things. Chicago Blackhawks. Happy hump day to all my fine listeners out there. We're halfway until the weekend, which I can, let me tell you, I'm really looking forward to after being cooped up in my room for the last week because of COVID. I'm really looking forward to this weekend to getting back outside, hanging out with some of my friends. And we got two Blackhawks games over the weekend as well, folks. Both coming against the Minnesota Wild via back-to-back on Friday and Saturday night. We're not quite there yet, though, folks. On the show today, I will go over the Blackhawks' latest schedule updates that were announced by the NHL earlier this afternoon for uh, the six games that the Hawks had postponed earlier on in the season. I'll also go over some more updates on trade rumors surrounding Marc-Andre Fleury, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Tays, as well as a few other Blackhawks players. And then to wrap things up will be part two of my mid-season prospect rankings. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. To start things out this afternoon, though, folks, let's get into those schedule updates that we heard from the NHL this afternoon. Uh, As we now know, when the Blackhawks will officially be making up those six games that they had postponed earlier on in the year. and there had been some rumblings over the past few days at the schedule updates that were going to be announced here on Wednesday. Uh finally got to see those a couple of hours ago and that's kind of what I was waiting the sh- uh, waiting to put out the show for also bunch of technical updates across the network yesterday none of the episodes were able to get posted until like four or five in the afternoon i was looking at the same processing screen for like six hours so due to the fact that yesterday's episode didn't get out until five o'clock i also kind of wanted to wait until later on in the afternoon to get this episode out today as well just so uh the full amount of time can pass by i don't want yesterday's episode to get skipped by any of the listeners um but yeah another reason for that is because i I knew the schedule updates were probably going to come out uh, here sometime in the afternoon, and as expected, all these games, folks, will in fact be made up in the month of February, following the NHL All-Star break, with the players no longer taking part in the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics. As we all know, some of the players still not happy about it, um, but because of that decision, this definitely seemed like the most likely option for the NHL. I knew, you know, this was always kind of a good safety net to have in their back pocket just in case of postponed games. Um, because I know they'd want to squeeze them in earlier rather than extending the season later than it already is. Um, but taking a look at these updates for the Blackhawks in particular, the first makeup game that they have is scheduled for Wednesday, February 9th, against the Edmonton Oilers. That one will come up in Edmonton, 7 o'clock start time. Um, and then uh the game that was scheduled for Sunday, January 30th, against the St. Louis Blues in St. Louis, that was supposed to be a back-to-back against the Blues and then the next night against the Vancouver Canucks. Because of these schedule updates, the NHL has also pushed that game back to uh, the day before the Super Bowl, Saturday, February 12th at 7 p.m. Central Time. Um, the game against the Winnipeg Jets that was postponed earlier on in the year, that's been officially moved to Monday, February 14th, which is also Valentine's Day. Uh, that game will be up in Winnipeg with an 8 p.m. Central time puck drop. Uh, the next game will be the Hawks will head back home for a stretch, a couple for a stretch of makeup games. Uh, the first will be on Thursday, February 17th. That night, the Hawks will take on the Columbus Blue Jackets and Adam Boquist at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. That will probably be when Seth Jones uh, will hopefully will be in the lineup that night to get his first look uh, at Columbus since being a member of that team. It was originally supposed to happen uh, about a week ago, but of, co- of course, Jones was placed into COVID protocol Uh, The very next day after that game against Columbus, the Blackhawks will now have a back-to-back here. The second game will be against the Dallas Stars. That one comes at home as well with a 7.30 p.m. Central Time puck drop. Uh, And then the last of the makeup games in February will be on Sunday, February 20th against the Florida Panthers. That, like all the other home games that have to be made up, will be a 7.30 Central Time puck drop as well. Those are all the makeup games that the Blackhawks will play in the month of February. They do have one final makeup game later on in the season. That is scheduled now for April 18th against the Calgary Flames. That will be the seventh to last game of the regular season for the Hawks. So now we know officially what the Blackhawks schedule is going to look like here in the month of February. Uh, Originally... They were scheduled to have off from the 2nd to the 25th, 23 days off there. That was the original plan, the Olympic break in there. Um, but now there will be six games squeezed in between that stretch for the Hawks. Uh, so, you know, not not terrible, not a terrible schedule update here for the Hawks. They do still get um, a full week off from February 2nd, the third time in a couple of weeks that will take on the Minnesota Wild. They won't they won't play from the second all the way until the ninth, which is their first makeup game against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh and then also after the twentieth, so basically they play actually uh six games in between or five games there in between the 9th, and the 20th, so not not all that bad, and then after they play the Panthers on the 20th, uh, they will have four more days off in a row before returning to play against New Jersey, so nothing really too detrimental here or anything for the Blackhawks, uh, except I now officially can confirm that I'll be forced to work in my vacation down in Mexico. My genius idea of scheduling a vacation from the 12th to the 19th of February, thinking the Olympics would be taking place. That, well, they are taking place. The NHL players just aren't going. Um, So now I'm officially going to have to work in Mexico. The Hawks play four games in that stretch. It is what it is. I'd still rather be watching hockey in Mexico than I would in Chicago in the middle of February. So uh, hopefully the Hawks can... uh, make the most out of that stretch there for me so I can at least be watching some winning hockey while on the beach. That kind of sounds like a true paradise in my mind, at least. All right, there are the schedule updates for the Blackhawks in the month of February. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to get into some of the latest whispers about Marc-Andre Fleury, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, and a couple of other Blackhawks players. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or even eating healthier, then make sure that you include Bilt Bar in your plan. Because right now, you can get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. In so many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, double chocolate or coconut almond, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. Either way that you choose, Bill Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because they taste so good, you'll actually want to eat them, unlike some other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or even tastes like a chemical spill. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Bilt Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And for a limited time offer, go to BiltBar.com right now, use the promo code LOCKED. 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's builtbar.com with the promo code locked one word in all caps, followed by the number 15 to get 15% off your next built bar order. Welcome back to Lockdown Blackhawks. I'm your host Jack Bushman. Moving on into segment two here this afternoon. On the show yesterday, I actually talked for a little bit about some of the latest trade rumors surrounding goaltender Mark Andre Fleury, uh, that came from an article by Scott Powers of the Athletic. And earlier this afternoon, Powers actually came out with yet another article on some trade rumors, but this time they weren't surrounding just Mark Andre Fleury, but He also wrote about what he's hearing regarding a few other notable Blackhawks players as well. It was quite an interesting read. Um, But first, with Flower, um, according to Powers, a team source told him that Flurry coming back to Chicago for next season is something that really hasn't even been discussed at this point, which I know is probably going to be tough news for some of you out there who are uh, hoping that Flurry would be here for more than just the final year of this contract. I mean, he's been phenomenal. I certainly understand why Flowers giving the Blackhawks a chance night in and night out when he's been in net. Um, but that just doesn't seem to be in the cards right now, or at least um, the organization doesn't seem to be looking at that as an option. Because if it was, they certainly would have talked to a guy like Mark andre Fleury already about this. And, and, you know, while it obviously would be nice to have Flurry around for a little bit longer, like I said, he's been incredible, a great teammate, um, and you could certainly make a case that he's been the Blackhawks' most valuable player this season. He's been incredible. Um, but at the same time, you also have to understand just how bad the Blackhawks need a first-round pick. And I mean, getting Seth Jones was something, don't get me wrong, it needed to happen. I'm all aboard that train. I think Seth Jones has been great. And no matter how you feel about the trade in itself, there was a realization there that the Blackhawks desperately needed to get a top-pairing defenseman. The Duncan Keith days were over. They had been over for a couple years. He really was serving as the number one for far too long. No knock on Keith, he just, at 37, 38, he wasn't built to be playing 25, 26 minutes a night anymore. That's just, that's just a fact. So the Blackhawks desperately needed to get a top-pairing defenseman. So I understand why they did what they did to get Seth Jones, but by giving away that extra first-round pick in exchange to Columbus, that's that's really the kicker there for me. Because by doing that... The Blackhawks, Stan Bowman, really left the team in a tough spot going forward because not only do they not have, uh, they didn't get a first-round pick last year. Well, they did. It was just the final pick of the first round in defenseman Nolan Allen, who most people thought the Blackhawks took probably three or four rounds too early. Um, But by giving up that extra first-round pick and not having very many high-level prospects in the organization, aside from Lucas Reichel. Like, the Blackhawks really need a first-round pick in this year's draft. And their only real option left here for a first is by trading Mark andre Fleury. And by hearing this in the article that Scott Powers wrote today, sounds like the Blackhawks are quite aware of that situation. Kyle Davidson is aware that Marc-Andre Fleury has to be traded because that's the Blackhawks' best chance at getting a first. But as I've talked about many times on the show, the path to trading Flower is quite difficult because of his situation and that 10 team no trade clause that he has in his contract. Just a lot of things have to line up kind of perfectly in order for Flurry to get moved, including the Hawks needing to get his blessing. That seems like it won't be an issue, but uh, no one still at this point knows exactly what Flurry wants to do. There obviously hasn't been a conversation there between Flurry and the Blackhawks, and that's probably. Pretty telling to Flower about his future here in Chicago. But does he want it? Depends on how bad he wants to go and win another Stanley Cup, right? Obviously, most people sitting here are like, oh, Flower, I mean, why would he not go and join a good team and go get one final run at it? That's the easy thing to say, right? First thing that comes to mind, obviously, he's going to go do that. That's the most likely situation, I will say, but. We haven't heard anything officially, and Flurry's just kind of different, right? And the situation comes into play here because he's already had to move his family out of Vegas just to play for the Blackhawks this season. That was something he thought about not doing. He did it anyway. The question is, does he want to win a Stanley Cup bad enough to move his family again? And he knows that this is going to be the situation, right? He knows that those are the options. I just don't know if he wants to do that at the expense of having to move his family once again to the third city in a year with young kids. It's not an easy thing to do. We'll have to wait and see what happens here, but um, it's certainly, this conversation is coming up again now that, uh, the trade deadline is coming in a couple of months, and it sounds like the Blackhawks have realized trading Flower is their best hope of getting uh either a first-round pick or you know another second or a high-end prospect of some sort. Now, getting into some of the juicy stuff from Scott Powers' article. Not really, though. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, the latest rumors on Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze, both of which, by the way, as some people tend to forget, both have full no-movement clauses in their contract. They can't go anywhere unless they ask for it. And so far, that conversation has not happened between Taze or Kane with the front office. And until we hear that conversation occurs, I just think it's kind of foolish and irresponsible for people to be, you know, having to be, oh, what could we get for Jonathan Taze Or, are you know, writing articles about trading Taze or Kane. Because there's no narrative there, in my mind. The only narrative is that if there is a trade, it would have to be from the players requesting it. You can drop all these trades you want, but if Taze and Kane don't want to get traded, you know, what are we doing here? And so far, that conversation hasn't happened. So in my mind, at least, I I just don't know what we're really talking about. There's nothing to talk about here. I know people are interested because those contracts are coming up at the end of uh, next year. But there's still a lot that can happen in between that, so I I just don't really like talking about this topic all that much, considering um, we've never heard one time that Taze or Kane went out of Chicago, and that's the only way that a trade could be manufactured. Uh, And also, according to Powers, one team source told him, uh, and I quote, I don't think anybody wants it to come to that, and I don't think it will. At least, I hope not. So, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, nothing really groundbreaking here regarding uh Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taze's future status with the Blackhawks as for Dylan strom not really much of an update here either strom according to powers still does remain on the Blackhawks trade block but there doesn't seem to be uh, a whole lot of suitors lining up for a 24 year old forward who's struggled to produce consistently and is making three million dollars uh or at least you know aren't really Fighting too much at what the Blackhawks are wanting in return. And it kind of feels like it's been the situation for two years with Dylan Strome. It's been tough, and I'm sure hasn't been fun for him either. Um, if I had to guess at this point, though, I mean, I'm never going to rule out Strome getting traded, I think, as we approach the deadline, depending on how the Hawks are faring and how he's playing recently. Um, I think that's going to play into it as well. But I honestly feel like teams are just kind of waiting for the Blackhawks not to give Strome a qualifying offer as a restricted free agent in the offseason rather than, you know, going in, uh, giving up a third or a fourth round pick for him in exchange when he's probably going to hit the open market uh, or he could potentially, you know, if things don't work out, you know, that would just be my guess. The teams are probably just reluctant to give up anything for dylan strome at this point uh but strome you know as i said still seems to be on the market if a team is looking to add another depth forward before making a playoff run all right there are some of the latest updates surrounding jonathan taze patrick kane and mark andre fleury coming up in just a moment i will get into part two of my blackhawks mid-season prospect rankings But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season on more props, odds, and lines than ever before as the NFL is marching towards the divisional round of the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action here in 2022. Head on over to our new, updated desktop or mobile website. To sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You just got to use our exclusive promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus. From basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Sign up today, and you'll also receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You just got to use our exclusive promo code LOCKEDON, that's one word in all caps, to receive your bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Blackhawks getting into segment 3 now on the show this afternoon. It's time to unveil the first couple of names on my Blackhawks mid-season prospect rankings. Now, if you haven't listened to yesterday's show yet, I definitely recommend doing so first before getting into the final segment here today because on the show yesterday, not only did I go in depth over my honorable mentions for this list, but I also went over my top 10 prospects list from, like, way back in October, before the start of the regular season. So uh, for, for just to get a better idea, you know, of kind of how things have changed in the past couple of months, at least according to me, uh, I highly recommend listening to at least the final segment of yesterday's episode first, just so you can be all caught up on uh, everything that's related to my Blackhawks prospect rankings. All right. To start us off, I'm going to go over a couple of names here towards the bottom of the list. By the way, just as a quick run-through here, as I said, I went a little more in-depth on this in yesterday's show, but the honorable mentions, by the way, were Landon Slaggart, Nolan Allen, Evan Barrett, Ethan Del Mastro, Isaac Phillips, and Jalen Lipin. Now, coming in at number 10, to start things off on my Mid-season Blackhawks prospect rankings, drum roll, please, is none other than 2019 second-round pick defenseman Alex Vlasic, who is currently a junior with Boston University. The Terriers, baby. Vlasic actually came in at number eight on my preseason top 10 prospect rankings. I have him dropping down a couple of spots now here at number 10 this time around. Uh, Vlasic. He's continued on to serve as a top pairing defenseman for BU in his third season here with the team. It's as expected. He was already playing a big role as a freshman and as a sophomore. And surprisingly, last year as a sophomore, I know they didn't get a whole lot of games in because of COVID 19, uh, but Vlasic flashed a little bit of offense, surprisingly. He had eight points in his 16 games played, also chipped in for three goals. And we didn't really see that at all from him as a freshman or during his time with the United States national program. Sure, the offensive numbers were a little bit better, but he was playing with a dominant team. In college, you know, stepping it up a level, Vlasic wasn't expected to be much of a point producer on the blue line. And. Uh, Here in his junior year, we've kind of seen the numbers regress a little bit offensively. In 22 games, Vlasic has chipped in for just one goal and seven assists. He's got eight points, which is the exact number that he had in just 16 games last season. So um, again, the offense really hasn't grown all that much, but that's not really ever been Vlasic's bread and butter. Like his older cousin, Mark Edward Vlasic, long-time Shut down defenseman of the San Jose Sharks, known as one of the best in his prime. Just like Mark Edward, Alex is known for being more as a stay-at-home defenseman who, you know, uses his size well. He's got a six-foot-six frame, a long reach. Uh, that's the side of the game that Vlasic is known for. And for being six-foot-six, he actually can move rather well too, which is always a plus with that size. Um, but I did read. Um, Scott Wheeler's recent Blackhawks prospect rankings, and in that, he had Vlasic as the Hawks' number 17 prospect, and he voiced large concerns over Vlasic's skill game, how it just really has not progressed at all the way that many people had hoped, certainly folks inside the Blackhawks organization. Uh, Wheeler just said that there's, frankly, too much sloppiness Vlasic's game with the puck. He's got turnover problems. His touch isn't very good. Overall, when the puck's on a stick, good things don't happen very often. Wheeler's been discouraged. Um, and, you know, now I'm not trying to say I know more than Scott Wheeler. That's certainly not true. And I definitely don't watch Vlasic on a nightly basis. Um, but I do like what he has to offer defensively. I, I really have liked what I've seen in the defensive zone. Uh, I haven't seen, you know, the puck play been as big of an issue as Wheeler has, but again, I don't watch as much as Wheeler does probably, so that would make sense. But when when uh, the puck isn't on Vlasic's stick, he's everything you want him to be, rugged in front of the net, uh, he's physical along the boards, he's a mobile skater, and, you know, everywhere he's played in his career so far, even as a freshman for BU, he's seen big minutes everywhere he's played. Not just at BU, he saw that with the U.S. national team. Everywhere he's gone, he's played a big role. And again, for, for the way that he can move at his size, you don't see that too often. So I still do have hope for Alex Vlasic to become an NHL defenseman one day. I do realize uh, that he'll probably never be much of an offensive weapon back there. Um, but that's kind of you know something that was already known when the team drafted him, right? That's not what got Alex, dra- Alex Vlasic drafted in the second round by the Blackhawks. And, you know, I, I understand that the touch and the puck skills, you know, and, and the outlet passes, they need to get sharper. Um... But I also think that's something, you know, that he can work on more and more once he gets up to the professional level of the coaching. Like, I'm not saying coaching's bad at BU. I, I don't know. the Like, obviously, it's one of the best programs in the country. I'm not calling the coaching an issue there. But um, I feel like that's something that can always be worked on, right? You can't teach the 6 foot 6 size and the tenacity in his own zone and being able to skate like that. I I don't really care about the offensive side for Vlasic. If he's able to be a serviceable shutdown defenseman one day like Mark Edward his older cousin, you know, that's the type of role that he's going to have to carve out for himself and I still think, you know, the things that um people are worried about in his game, I think those are things that can be can be worked on. So, um I'm not counting Vlasic out yet, but I have moved him down a couple of spots here to number 10 because of some of those concerns of, you know, not even being decent enough with the puck to be worth his size and reach. It was a little concerning to see him all the way down at number 17 on Scott Wheeler's Blackhawks prospect rankings. Coming in at number 9 for me now, I have 2017 fifth-round pick Jakub Galvis who recently played his first three NHL games up with the Blackhawks and looked pretty darn good, quite frankly. And even back before the start of the season, Galvis, um, he made a strong push there. He wasn't on my uh, top 10 prospect list, but he did make my honorable mentions after having a really good training camp and uh, looking sharp throughout the preseason as well. And after we saw some consistent play to start off his first season down with the Rockford Ice Hogs, uh Galvis got that call-up to the Blackhawks only three games, sadly, because uh, there just isn't room for him when everyone is fully healthy back there at the moment. I think that is something that will only be temporary. Um, but based on what I've seen here from Galvis in the past handful of months and also considering he's got a ton of pro experience already under his belt from his time in Europe, I have Galvis coming in at number nine on my Blackhawks prospect rankings because honestly, I like Galvis's chances of becoming a third pairing defenseman one day. He may not have the highest of ceilings because um he doesn't really possess a true offensive game. He's not exactly a shut down, rugged defender, He doesn't have a lot of size to him. He's only five ten, five eleven, a buck seventy five, a buck eighty. But he's one of those players I feel like that can offer you a little bit of everything. And there's a lot of value to those type of Swiss army knife players, you know? When you look at a guy like Galvis, he can offer you a little bit of everything. He can chip in on offense every now and then. It's not his specialty, but he's a good passer. I don't know about, you know, putting him on the power play unit like Derek King did, but um, just with what Galvis offers, he, he's kind of like a bag of checks Mix back there on defense because you get a little little bit of everything with him. And I really like that about his game. Like, Galvis has been a, a pleasant surprise here so far this season, and uh, I'm really excited about his next opportunity up with the Blackhawks. I think after Calvin DeHaan gets traded, I believe he's probably the defenseman that's most likely to be moved here sometime soon. Uh, once that happens, I think Galvis is the one to get recalled, and uh, he could find himself, you know, as a regular on the back end for the Blackhawks at some point this season. And because of that, and with what everything Galvis has been able to do this year, all of a sudden he's emerged onto the scene. He's jumped up to number nine on my Blackhawks top 10 prospects list. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Wednesday, January nineteenth episode of Locked Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Locked Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown Bets podcast, which is hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and even Lee Sterling's lock of the day by just simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Bets right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at talk and hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.